The flight from New York was smooth, flying eastward across Long Island at sunset. I looked down and saw the North and South Forks, the curve of Montauk, the dark water of Block Island Sound beneath scratchy white wakes of fishing boats and pleasure craft. Could one of those boats hold Travis? I chose to think yes. I saw him as I left, and he watched my plane pass overhead. So my last sight over the United States was of Travis's boat. He and his family are looking after my sleepwalking sister while I am gone. An ocean later, I landed at Rome, was met by a driver, and taken to Sorrento. Two and a half hours on the road, a chance to think about what I am about to do. The long drive from Rome to Sorrento, jet-lagged, horns blaring, my grandmother's style of driver, uniformed chauffeur. I will be straightforward about something right now, just so you will understand. Gossip columns, before and after she left the country, referred to my mother as Lyra Nicholson Davis, heiress. Now they say the same of Lucy and me. Old money, blue bloods, heirs to the Nicholson silver fortune. We ignore what is said. They now say of my mother, reclusive heiress. We overlook that, too. Anyway, the chauffeur drove me to Sorrento, an ancient seaside city filled with dark and crumbling beauty. I felt too nervous to notice. Lucy would have. She loves antiquities, ghosts, and architecture. I felt pricked by guilt. Perhaps I should have brought my sister. Will Lucy be okay without me this summer? We're very close. For so long, we've been each other's most important person. But the alternative was to bring her along without knowing what to expect. What if our mother rejects us all over again? I am strong. I have Travis. But Lucy is my little sister. I want to protect her. The limousine snaked down a hill to the port onto a wooden dock. It seemed like a loading zone. Fishing boats and small cargo vessels were tied alongside, and trucks filled with supplies for the islands parked along the edge. We stopped at the end of the pier. I climbed out. It felt good to stretch my legs, but my chest was in a knot. Had my mother come to meet me? Was I about to see her? The chauffeur lowered my bags into a yellow wooden boat tied to barnacle-covered pilings. An old man in a blue shirt and rumpled khakis, his face tan and wrinkled and hair pure white, grabbed the bags, stowed them under a varnished wooden seat. I stood on the dock staring at the man. Hello, Pell, the man said in an English accent. Come along now and I'll take you to your mother. She's not here, I said stupidly. No, he said without explanation. I was upset and he could see. He stared at me with sharp blue eyes. He didn't fill the silence with excuses about a headache, an important phone call, an earthquake, a plague of locusts, any of the many things that could have detained her. Reaching up, he offered to help me down into the boat from the pier. I took the old man's hand, stepped down from the dock into the yellow boat. I'm Max Gardner, he said. Her neighbor, I said. I'd heard the name before, in letters about Capri, the island's expatriate community, all the artists and intellectuals who'd moved to the island from the United States and England, who had become her friends, companions in her desire to insulate herself from the world, from her daughters, Lucy and me. Max owned the land next to hers. Yes, he said. Now, sit tight, prepare for wonder. Wonder? Had he really said that? 
I forced a polite smile that hid the pain I felt. I wasn't new to the sea. I'd visited islands before. I'd been on boats every summer of my life. Now I was on the way to force myself in, to spend time with a woman who'd never wanted me, who didn't want me now. I untied the bowline to be helpful and show him I knew my way around boats, then took my seat as he cast off. The engine sputtered and we headed out. Bright day, brilliant blue sky, sparkling sea. It could have been Newport, this atmosphere of the sea, yachts, classic wooden workboats with nets glittering with fish scales. I thought of Travis in a time zone six hours behind me. He would have returned from a night of fishing. He would be asleep in his family's cottage on the grounds of Newport Academy by now. I held my backpack tight to my chest. It felt compact, comforting. I had filled it with books, letters, pictures of the people I love. We puttered out of the channel. I heard a breath come from the water just below the gunwale. A quick, happy intake of air, then a rushed exhalation. Dolphins swimming beside our yellow boat. I glanced over my shoulder at Max. Was this what he'd meant by wonder? He smiled at me, pointed dead ahead. You only get this chance once, he said. What chance, I asked. To arrive on Capri for the first time. I feel privileged to witness it. It's an island, I wanted to say. Far from home, a mountain, a harbor. Marine mammals, yes, but no Lucy, no Travis. I faced forward again, my posture stoic as the boat gained speed. And as I stared ahead, I saw the white rocks of Monte Salaro, craggy against the sapphire sky, a precipitous drop down to the radiant sea. I smelled lemons, verbena, and pine, their scents carried on the wind. Terraces of olive groves, leaves flashing silver in the sun. Capri rose from the waves, and I realized how often I'd dreamed of this. The island was the most beautiful place I'd ever seen, and not because of the scenery, because my mother lived there.